Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakuryu, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of March 11th, 2022. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Ohayo gozaimasu, minasan. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Ah, <laughs>、uh, I'm doing good. I'm awake. Just listening to a lot of music. Got some.、Um, I finally got around to fully listening to Millet's Visions album. Oh. And it's freaking phenomenal. Wake Me Up is still my jam. I mean, I listened to most of it, but I mean, I felt like I didn't really fully listen to it, listen to it until recently. And I, I cannot recommend it enough. And I know, Ken, you're probably already, I know you've probably already listened to it since it's been out for a little bit. Yeah, so I listened to a handful of songs off of the album. Not in its entirety, though. And I, I, find, I was doing that too, and I finally listened to it as an entirety. And I was shocked at how good it is. Like, I mean, I wasn't shocked. I love Millet. But I love the variety that she put on there and just shows that, you know, she can do various things. So、um, that's been a big one on my list this week. I also went back to A Witch since her Queendom album dropped. However, I haven't fully listened to Queendom. I went back to her, her Kujaku album.、Mm. And I just really felt like listening to Seno and、um, Love Me Up and a few other tracks in there because her Kujaku album is fantastic. And I do like her lyrics because they're very emotional and powerful. And she's very good at displaying that emotion, especially when she goes from Japanese to English. You can hear all the emotions when she really wants to get something out come over in English. And she stated that in her songs before.、Um, I actually went back and listened to some Bump of Chicken. It's been a while since I've listened to them, I'm going to be honest. And I watched the Parasite live action movie. And they did the song Colony, which was one of the ending theme songs. And I forgot how much I like Bump a Chicken because I was thinking this, this sounds really familiar. And then I went back and started listening to them again. And I'm like, I forgot how much I really do enjoy it, them. I know we'll talk about them and we like them whenever they pop up in Oricon. But actually, going back is just a nice breath of fresh air, to be honest. I also was listening to a lot of Coda this week with her heart album being in my Natenso warehouse. I'm waiting to get all my packages before I ship it. So I went back to her Walk of My Life album. I went back to her fan club album she released. And my name is. And then I also went back to her best album she recently released in December. And I've just been going on a Koda Kumi kick. And I really had the urge lately to watch all her concerts. I just haven't got around to it. Also, got back into Adashi again because I always go, I, I love Adashi and I mainly been listening to Love So Sweet and, and, um, I was on a pedal. So, the, like, those are some of my jams. Also,、uh, Happiness is another one that I kept going back to and had on repeat. It just makes me feel really good, and we can do it. So, I've been listening to the, the feel good songs, and one of the reasons I love Adashi is they do make me feel really good and make me happy. 
so a lot of random stuff. There's something else random I pulled out this week. Oh, Dream. I went back to Dream, and it's been a while, except I went back to when there were seven or eight members. Not the usual, the original three. Not when they left, which was four. But when they had, like, seven members, and they released their 777 Best Album, which was a re-recording of all their original tracks. But I still miss them, and... I ended up buying two of their concerts. They're at the Tenso Warehouse. I want to get the rest of them. But I forgot how much I love their music and just the impact it made on me growing up because they are one of the first groups I got into. And I got into them when they were a three-member group with my uh, with uh, my will. And just going back and re-listening to them felt really good. And so it's been a variety of songs. But those are the main ones that I really listened to. What about you, Ken? How how are you doing? What have you been listening to? I'm doing okay. So I've been listening to a various amount of things. Um, I've been kind of going back to Tokimeki Records. And her stuff with the lovely vocalist Hikari is actually amazing. Um, I was listening to um, Awesome, Kitty, awesome City Club's latest single, Raku N again. It's absolutely really, really great. Uh, I also been listening to the vocalist Burnable Unburnable. Her cry, uh, "You Can Cry If You Want," is absolutely fantastic, and uh, a couple other things. So I was listening to uh, "Achikochi" by the vocalist Ayumu I- Imazu, who is actually fantastic. So expect a future future corner about him in the near future as well. But besides that, nothing too out of the normal. Just, just, just that pretty much. But with that, let's continue on to our topic here. And this is something that kind of spurred off of something that happened this past week for the both of us. And that is the Odyssey. I, I don't even know what to call it. Is it like a documentary or a live concert i think it's their last live concert it is it's supposed to be their last live concert and it's called it's five times 20 record of memory so it's like a documentary rolled into their last live concert yeah and so i i'm i'm gonna be able to go here for this and i'm i'm quite blessed because apparently tickets are really hard to get now (laughs) Uh, yeah, the only theater by me selling them was a state over, which was maybe an hour drive, which was fine. They sold out pretty much the day they went up. I checked the next day and they were gone. And they've not opened up any other theaters or any other showtimes near me. So I've been tweeting furiously at AMC because where I live, AMC is the one exclusively doing it. Mm-hmm. And I want to see this, and I'm very upset. I don't want to drive four hours to Kansas City to see this, which I can't. <laughs> I regret, I don't want to make that drive there and back. Yeah, so this kind of spurred off of that. Uh, um, this topic spurred off of that um, that event here, and we were thinking about what other artists we would love to see kind of have this live concert documentary style available for the west and 
Um, why don't you go first, Luna? Because I know this style of documentary is not too abnormal for you for certain artists that you'll be doing, but I kind of wanted to hear your artist first before I go into mine. Yeah, so since we only could pick one, it was a difficult decision because there's a couple that I think it would be very interesting. However, I did go with Amuro Namie. And one of the reasons is she did recently retire. And I honestly cannot see her coming back. But I think they could easily make a like a music concert documentary off of her easily. She has a very interesting and tragic life. And a lot of the things about her aren't really known. Mm. And I feel like it would be neat to see her rise to fame because she did rise early with the Super Monkeys. And she has been in the industry since 94. And technically, you know, got her, I want to say 95 is when um, the Super Monkeys debuted and came out with their CD. And it would be interesting to see where that came from and then where she ended up at the end. And why I think this would work well and what would they show? Well, they would obviously show her finally tour because that was her final concert and what they could easily do with that is add in bits about her life in a documentary style but still showing that tour and where she came especially with specific songs i mean she pulled songs from every generation of her career in that tour and it's she is one of those artists that is very iconic in the industry She's not only known in Japan, she's known worldwide. Mm-hmm. And when she did announce her retirement, it made a big impact on everyone. All her concerts sold out immediately. All those Blu-rays for that concert when they were released sold out pretty dang quickly. I had trouble getting my hands on one last copy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just amazing to see the impact she made on the industry. I mean, when she first started to you know the middle of her life at one point she almost retired early on after her um after her mother and stepfather were attacked by her if i want to say it was her father attacked them with an axe and i think her mother was killed her stepfather survived and her father later committed suicide Mm. and i mean she's had a very tragic life one that a lot of people don't know about wasn't really talked about but she got over that she decided not to retire she came back to the industry and i do understand why she retired she has a son she wanted to spend time with him and it would be interesting to see how a lot of that did affect her career her musician career affected her personal life and vice versa in what she had to give up and to hear her story you know her story the back end how she rose to this how she got up and you know created the music she did that iconic image and who she is and just the impact it's had so i think hers would be interesting to see in a documentary form and with the live concert her finally tour is amazing and would transfer to a big screen just i mean her tours are always memorable and i could just see everyone having fun with it because all the songs she picks are very hand-picked her dancing, her vocals, every she just shines on stage. And just having, you know, a documentary format with her life in it, I think would fit very well. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, no, I thought, I was thinking that was a very interesting choice. I was, 
Well, obviously, I was thinking that you'll have a runner, a three-way tie between Koda, Namian, and Ayumi, and you ended well, up with your, your choice. <laughs> well, I made my choice, although I honestly think Ayumi would fit this format as good as Namie, and I mean, she has probably a very interesting life. She's been very, very vocal about her music career and the bad side of the industry and what she had to give up to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that would translate even better into a documentary, especially musical style. And Ayumi is known for her, how do you say it, her glamorous shows. It's not just a concert. It is an art form for her. And everything has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And yeah. watching the makings of it, you can tell. Yeah, it's her way. Yeah, it's her way, the highway, and and you know she she does have a certain prestige about that. Yes, and I I can understand why because at one time she was not allowed to take control of that. I mean, Avix and you know the owner of Avix, I'm not gonna name them. You know, controlled every artist what they did. A lot of those artists didn't have a say. She spoke out against it and pretty much, well, I'm going to leave if you don't let me have my say. And they realized, hey, at the time, she was the biggest seller. Mm. But it would be interesting to see that come over on concert because I know she has a lot to say about the industry. And she displays that in her music, which is one of the reasons I love IU, is she writes all her own lyrics. All of those are hers. And she is very adamant about that. And you very rarely see her do covers because she prefers to write her own music, to get her point across, to get her words across. And that's what I love about her. And not to mention, I mean, her concerts, like Damiers, are extremely memorable. She goes all out and I know she puts tons of money, time, and effort into doing those. And she's still going into industry. So with her, I would I don't know what they would show. Because she has so many iconic tours. Her power of music tour is phenomenal. And her misunderstood tour. I mean her My Story tour. Her countdowns are always fun. She's just had so many amazing tours that what would they choose to make this documentary on? And that's the reason I did rule IU out because she still is going in the industry. She's still going strong despite her disabilities because as many know, she's going deaf. She's pretty much almost deaf. She has one ear left and that's fading. And she has stated she will continue making music until she's not able to anymore. So for her, music is her life. And I would love to see that showcased on the big screen and I think it could be showcased very, very well. And as much as I love Coda, I mean, she's had an interesting life. However, I think hers isn't, it's a lot, hers is a little bit more, I, could, I would like to see her perspective on the industry and just some of the struggles she's had. I do know she, there was some body image issues early on. So that would be interesting to see how that was overcome. Her various images changes over the years. And with IU, you know, like how Coda's with IU, I don't know what concert they'd pick. Maybe the My Name Is because it was a 20th anniversary. And that's probably what I would go with because it is a phenomenal tour. But there are other tours that I love more than that. And it can, you know, and Kota Kumi's still going strong. And she's not showing any signs of uh, slowing down with her heart album. 
So that's why I did rule her out. And she also does write her own music. A lot of people don't know that, but Kodokumi also, like IE, writes her own music. But I'm curious if they did do a documentary format on her, what would they, you know, it would be neat, but I feel like that's, you know, when you're starting to go under hiatus, that's a great time to release something like that or you're retiring for two artists who are still currently going strong and have no, you know, might not be slowing down. I think IU starting to slow down, but Kodokumi is definitely not. And I think once IU slows down, I would love to see that. Being honest, I would pay to see her code on a live screen because I would just sit there crying my eyes out the whole time like I do at home. But Ken, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this too, because I know you mainly had one artist in mind, whereas I had several that I would just, I would just die to see in the big screen. So there was a couple of artists that I obviously thought of when we were doing this. And, you know, one of them was actually Flo. And I thought that Flo would be a good artist to have done this, mostly because of the fact that you know, they, they're well-known internationally. They've actually performed internationally before. And when I was thinking of this, I thought that Flo would be a good artist to do this on. However, immediately when we decided that this was going to be a topic, there was only going to be one group or band that I was going to do this on. And that was going to be Asian Kung Fu Generation. So... Asian Kung Fu Generation is important in kind of two ways. They kind of mark a differentiation between the rock genre and the alternative genre for the Japanese music industry. And how us as Westerners or foreigners feel towards rock in Japan. And I think there's a tipping point where you can kind of see there was a before and there was a after specifically with Ajikon. Yes. No, I completely agree because they've always rocked that genre and they've also made a big worldwide impact with a lot of their music because they're not just seen in Japan. They've been seen and recognized worldwide. Oh yeah. And one of the things with them specifically, I, they're on the latter half of their career where, you know, this would make sense that if they were going to do a final tour or final concert, they would do something like this. And it would make sense to document their final concert of something of this historic. And I think it would do well, mostly because of just how the rock genre is. Granted, you know, younger generations just don't know who they are, but they know that they know of the bands that influence them. And that's that's one of the main things for for this. It's we we chose both of us, me and you, Luna, chose artists that influence the modern day Japanese industry artists in some way shape or form whether it be through rock or through pop and r&b as a as a female vocalist both of our artists made some sort of influence to the current generation and i think that's also very important to signify there that you know artists obviously because they're in the johnny system any group that came out after them so like like King and Prince and and Stones and Snowman would have some sort of influence from Odyssey 
in some way, shape, or form. And I think that the artist that we both chose does have that mark on the industry instantaneously. I agree. I know um, Asian Kung Fu Generation has influenced so many artists today and just looking at them. And Nami has too. IU has too. I mean, there's so many that have all the, the the music that's coming out you can tell the impact that these artists had had on them and that they listened to growing up. And it's amazing seeing that transition to now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. But, yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to the Odyssey concert or the, the, the documentary, and I honestly can't wait to be one of, like, two guys in that theater hall to watch it my husband would have went but he he actually wanted to see it which is funny he wanted to see it and i'm like you're gonna be the only guy in this theater it's gonna be all girls sitting there singing and crying and i will be one of them but unfortunately because amc sucks i don't have i can't get tickets so I'm hoping they hear my pleas on Twitter because I just got retweeted a whole bunch of by people when I said I couldn't get tickets. Yeah. But, yeah, Let with that, let's continue on to this week's music corner here. And it is the lovely band Mime. Now... You might think with with a, a name like that, it's it's kind of interesting that they have a name like that. But, you know, they are a four-member rock band that kind of got their start in 2014 from Tokyo. And for me, you know, this is purely the best vision of what I have in mind with the fusion genre of what modern day kind of disco has become. Especially with Japanese style disco, because they they blend a unique style of eighties funk, boogie, neo soul, and R and B with these really out of these worlds compositions and vocals. You know, they're led by this amazing vocalist and keyboardist named Hikari, and her cool and more dignified soul vocals really set the mood as she kind of invites the listeners into their world, so to speak. You know, several other tracks have really sucked me into their composition and I can't help but kind of really dance to it at times. And, you know, this this is the last time I felt this way about a female-led kind of genre like this was the group Showmores. And a lot of that feel is fairly similar of how I feel with Showmore. You know, songs like Headlight, Drift In, Kind of Shower kind of really shows the masterful way of how they handle composition. And one of the things that really stands out for me from vocal uh, Hikari's vocals isn't that it isn't overbearing or show-stealing. It really just kind of sets the mood and jams throughout the entire composition as a whole very well. And I know you kind of feel similarly, Luna, because of I've I've shared this band personally with you before Music Corner a couple years back and you really love them and I kind of want to see if anything changed from that 
So nothing changed from that, to be honest, because ever since you introduced them to me with their album Yin Yang, I I fell in love with Headlight, and that's always on my rotation. Headlight and Cotton Shower were always on that. I think you reintroducing them was good because I never went back and listened to their first album from 2018, uh, Capricus. And going back and listening to it, I was just blown away because... I, I love Yin Yang, and Yin Yang has a softer feel than Capricus, but I just love the feel of this group. Like, you perfectly described their music. It is a great combination of that fusion, because it has a funkiness to it. It has this danciness to it. It just has a unique flavor to it, and the fusion in there meshes perfectly. And the vocalist, Hikari, is phenomenal. And that's the one thing that always draws me in is her vocals suit the feel of the music. And their new song, Labyrinth, that just released is amazing. And I didn't realize they released two singles since Yin Yang because I always went back and just listened to that album since I loved it so much. And this is a great time to go back and listen to their music again. And I'm looking forward to them putting out more because... They just have a unique feel that I just cannot help but love. And I think it's just the blend of what they do. And I will say Headlight's still always going to be on my list. Yeah, I'm no. so glad you finally picked them. Like, seriously. I've been yeah. waiting for you to pick them since that out. you introduced me to them. Yeah, so for, like, I'm, I'm thankful that you never really changed. And I kind of really want to hear Gray's opinion about this band. I really do. Mostly because I think this is a band that I'm kind of interested to see his reaction to, because he is kind of really hit or miss with these, these styles, so to speak. So. Yeah, no, I would love to hear his, his um, reaction to them too, just cause they're a very unique style. And I know for him, it could go either way. But mine just has so many ear-catching songs. And, and I mean, I, I think it's one of the things I love about them. Yeah. That's for darn sure. But yeah, you know, currently Mime has two albums, both from uh, 2018 and 2020. They also had one mini album in 2016 and an abundant of digital singles throughout their, you know, their career. If you want more information about them, you can fo follow them on their site, their Twitter, and their Instagram via our site. And you can also check out the lovely music video for the track, Headlights, on our, on our site as well. So, But with that, let's kind of continue on to this week's Oricon here. And we got a little bit of variety this time around, so I'm quite happy about that. Same for me. I'm glad to see some new things pop up. Yeah, that's for darn sure. But yeah, with that, let's continue on to number 10. And it is Cinderella Boy by Sassy Dog. It had its resurgence into the spotlight once again. But I think this is the last time we'll see it. So it's unfortunate, but it is how it is. But this week it sold a lovely 16,756 points. And going on up to number 9, it is Nandimo Naiyo by Macaroni and Pizza. I've kind of been seeing this hit the trends lately 
on the social media sites such as TikTok and uh, Instagram a lot lately. So the staying power that social media has has been really guarding the relevancy of this one particular track. So, you know, good for macaroni and pizza. So. This week it sold a lovely 17,012 points. And going on up to number 8. It is Darini I Saretemo by Yamauchi Keske. Now, he is he is an Inca singer. And he is someone that we actually seen perform via the Kohaku. But this is the first time we actually got to listen to a regular single by him and what did you think of Yamauchi Kesuke because this is the first time we kind of actually got to sit down and listen to him in a studio setting I mean I think Yamauchi Kesuke has really good vocals I I do like that we got some Enka on here because we don't see it very often like you said I I think that, however, I mean, as much as I do like his vocals, and I think he's a very talented Enka singer, I thought Darini Aisaretemo was an okay track. I I do feel like he could have, there was more that could have been showed off in a different song. So for me, I'm kind of iffy on it. It's not one I'm going to go back and listen to, to be honest, but it did have a nice melody to it. And Yamauchi's Keisuke's vocals or very befitting, and he does a very well job in Darini Aisaretemo. Yeah, yeah, you know, the same. Like, Darinimo Aisaretemo is a very good and a fairly good track to kind of reintroduce Yamuchi Kesuke to us. Like, for, for me, because of the fact that, you know, Enka has been kind of going towards that digital age now, I've been kind of eating it all up, and personally i mean you know i already like this particular singer but you know midorioka has been really killing it in the game as well and i don't know like if i had to choose between them like i think midorioka's release was much more impactful for this and not to mean that Yamauchi Kesuke isn't a good singer. I think that he has that resonance there, but I don't think this this is the song that really sold it to me about him. I I agree. If this is the song that he needed to sell you on, it it wouldn't sell you. Yeah, unfortunately. But it is how it is. <laughs> but yeah, this week it sold the lovely 19,318 points here. And going on up to number seven, it is Bido Jess by Yuri. It's kind of going down again. I think that was mostly because of the album's um, problem there. So, or not problem, but cause there. <laughs> so, this week it's all the lovely 20,630 points. And going on up to number six, it is BT- uh, BTS by or Butter by BTS. Not much more we can say about this track. Still want my BTS meal, but it is what it is. But, you know, the going on up to number five, and it's very interesting that this particular artist is on here once again, because we're going to deal with him twice, <laughs> or them twice. And 
you know, it is King New once again. But the single that is on here is uh, Ichizu and uh, Sakayume. And that's because of Jujutsu Kaisen. I think that because Jujutsu Kaisen is still being relevant. When, when is it coming out in the West here for the... For the, the movie? Yeah, the movie for Zero. Uh, next week. Next week? Okay. So this is, yeah. the, theme, this is the theme song for that movie. Okay. So. And I, I just started watching the show because the movie's coming out. It's showing at all the theaters. And I wanted to actually watch the show, which is very good. So I I can see why this is on here, and I could see this going back up, especially when this hits the West. Yeah. But regardless, this week it saw the lovely thirty six thousand four hundred and five points here, and going on up to to number four, it is Imer once again with her Sankyo Sanka and Asagakuru single. It, I'm really surprised about the same power of this. I would assume it is because of Yaiba, but Yaiba's been done for a couple weeks now, so I'm quite surprised about the staying power of this now. Same. I am too. But this week it's a lovely 36,466 points here. And going on up to number three, it's a, the, the last three are all new songs. So I'm, I'm quite glad that we got something like this. And, you know, number three, once again, it is King New. But this time it is their latest release, Chameleon. Now, if you were to compare Chameleon with Ichizu and Sakayume... It's night and day, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, it is. Completely. And, you know, I ended up really loving Chameleon uh, as soon as it came out. Um, so, like, two weeks ago. So, I was listening to it about a week or two ago. But, how did you like it, Luna? I- I'm pretty sure you did like it, so. Oh, yeah, I listened to it more than once already. And I loved it. I love Chameleon. I love the vocals. I loved the instrumentation because they played around with the melody, did their usual experimental sound. However, they did not make it overbearing and it fit perfectly with the lead's vocals. And I think that's why I loved Chameleon so much is just how it worked. And it's one of those things that... When King New really hits, they hit for me. And that's what Chameleon was. Yeah, that's that's the thing with with King New is, you know, I, as much as I love them, they are a very experimental unit. And it's good that they do stuff like that because, you know, you, you don't want to be stagnant. You don't want to be just known as um, Hakujitsu, Hakujitsu Band. But... A lot of the stuff that they did come out with, even like like Boy and stuff like that, it was really out there and sometimes hard to sell this group outside of Hakujitsu. And with Chameleon, they really worked around the fact that they knew probably what was the faults of them and they decided to not tr- and kind of change that. And like you said, Luna, the instrumentation isn't overbearing as a lot of their other tracks are. And I really appreciate that they did that because it really let 
rest on the laurels of the vocalists. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that was the biggest turnoff for me in some of King New's tracks is because sometimes their their instruments and the composition are overbearing and it's sensory overload. But with Chameleon, it has that perfect amount where they can experiment. However, it's still ear pleasing and it and lets the vocals shine. That's for darn sure. But yeah, Chameleon this time around sold a lovely 47,202 points here. And going on up to number two, it is A.U. Warate Shopan Senpai slash Hamukatsu Moku Shiroku by Beyond. And this track or these two tracks are honestly the first misses that we heard from beyond well i mean gray is in here i don't know if he liked this song but i i don't even think that he would like this song as well because they he does it they do the thing that he hates the most and he hates talking songs and these both of these songs are very talking songs sounds like I was listening to a musical compared to an actual song. <laughs> yeah, or listen to one of the uh, anime dramas that they have on CDs. That's what it reminded me of. And yeah. I actually, for a second, had to take myself back and think, is this an, part of an anime dorama? Because this is what they do in those. Yeah, let me... No, it's just like a regular single. And i just didn't know how to feel about this and i really just was taken aback by that and i'm like you know this is their third single overall they're allowed to experiment more power to them but i don't think that this particular release was a a thing that they need to head down on <laughs> i agree it definitely wasn't for me and I, I was very taken aback by the first one, Ayo Warate Shopan Senpai, and that, that kind of, how do you say, it was a little jarring when I went into that. I, I you know, I, I mean, like, I've listened to Beyond's before, and I've been hit or miss, and, you know, some of the things I've heard, this was just like, whoa, I don't remember them sounding like this. This is a little jarring, just their vocals, and also with the talking set me off too yeah and i think that's mostly it it is the talking part of the aspect of these two songs that really was like mm. Mm. <laughs> yes i i completely agree but regardless you know beyond still have their fans and it sold fairly well it sold seventy nine thousand two hundred and forty six points here and finally, going on up to number one, it is Kyome by the Wonderful Stones. And what did you think about this release? Because this is it's been a while since we've listened to Stones, so this is a nice was, reintroduction for them for us. It really is, because it has been a little while. So I thought it was okay. I... 
I can tell they're starting to go back to their roots a little bit, which is fine. I do like that it was not pop and lock. I think that's my biggest thing. I But I like that they included a, I want to say like a jazzy fusion feel to it, even though it still had that pop feel. You still hear some different instruments in it you wouldn't normally hear. So it gave it a nice, funky, fresh feel. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that really confuses me about this, though, is so this this is the opening for Yashihime for this season. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, what in the world is this fitting into? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of when I heard it. I didn't know it was for Yashihime, to be honest. And now that you say that, I'm like, okay, this is interesting, because I, I, now I'm wondering how that will fit. But, I mean, I feel like the rap was a little out of place. If the rap wasn't there, I would have liked it more. And I think that was one of my big issues with it. But, I mean, I thought it was an okay song, and it was actually a, a good refresher for them, because it wasn't the typical pop and lock that we usually hear. And I, I do like that they're trying something a little... I mean, they're going back to their roots, but they're also adding something in a little different. That That's one of the main things for me, is that they're going back to the roots, and you know how I feel about modern-day Johnnies and them trying to tackle this certain situation, but... You know, it it, it, it it is what it is. We already have the more traditional boy group of King and Prince and Dani Niwa Danji, so they... they Stones and, and to a lesser extent, Snowman also need to kind of renaissance what is making them special as well. So I don't fault them for doing something like this, but it is just weird because after Mascara, Mascara was such an amazing release. And to go to this, to to, to go to, to uh, uh, Kyome is kind of jarring but you know I, I i can't say more to that no i i completely agree because the mascara was amazing and then going from this to kill Man, yes but regardless it did sold uh sold gangbusters and this tells you kind of what the difference between the modern johnny's is and throwback and the the the, the older brother senpai groups now is because even though I think this was a lesser track, it sold gangbusters. It sold over 400,000 copies. <laughs> it did. I was I was blown away seeing the numbers, so good for them. Yeah, no, good for them. Good for them. But regardless, let's continue on to the albums kind of shortly here. So there's a couple of things of note here is we have a Love 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 Live uh, solo concert here for uh, Kunikida Hanamaru. So she, I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure if, if she's one of your favorite characters from Aquars, but she is there. <laughs> She's not one of my favorites, and it's it's been a while since I need to rewatch Love Live again. I've been wanting to do a rewatch, and I want the new season to come out here ready. <laughs> yeah, you know that started at number ten, and we got a couple other things of note here. We got another anime waifu 
thing of uh, More More Jump, Sekai Album Volume 1. By obviously More More Jump. And they are the, the, the Project Mirai, the Hatsumiku game, so... Which just made their English, English or international release. So congratulations to that one. Uh, Bad mode is still on, up at number four. Which reminds me, have you listened to Bad Mode yet? No, my copy's still sealed. I guess I got to get it out and open it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still available digitally, so you can kind of take a look at that before you, if you, if you don't want to open it yet. It is. It is. I need to just play that when I'm driving in the car on my phone so and that way I can actually listen to it as a whole yeah but then we also have what a wonderful dream by Layla I'm kind of wishing that we could have been able to listen to this because you know even though the anime isn't available yet we both of all three of us I think great in as well love Layla specifically <laughs> with for for uh love live as a group, so. Oh, I agree. I freaking love Layla, and I cannot wait till it's available in the U.S. Because, I mean, I would listen to this this album as a whole. Just because we've all loved all the songs they've released so far. Yeah. But they also had the musical outings of the Token Rabudanchi boys here. It's, like, actually from their latest musical live, so... I'm pretty sure Gray would probably like this because he's been on a huge uh, token Rabu kick, so it'd be very interesting to see yes, <laughs> to see if he would like this or not. But lastly, it is Second Step Chapter One by Treasure, which is probably a Korean group. Let me just <laughs> double check that with with stuff like that. They are a Korean group. Oh, YG. YG Entertainment. So, there's that. Yeah, same people who brought us Big Bang and 21. Yep. But, you know. With that, I want to say thank you for listening to this week's episode of Ungakudu. You can follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow us on our website at ungakudu.com. You can follow our affiliates, Curry Hunter, who is a retro streamer and is going to, going through the Mega Man X series. I'm pretty sure he is his hands are killing him because of that, but you can check him out at twitch.tv slash Hunter K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also follow Timbertaf, who is a variety streamer in and of himself, who is kind of struggling right now through Super Mario. And you can check him out at twitch.tv slash Timbertaf, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out your sister, Luna Rose, who is probably going bananas about the new Final Fantasy stuff. But you can check her out at twitch.tv slash RainStarKitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. And lastly, you can check out Fangirl Has No Name, who is a variety streamer in and of herself and a soon-to-be accomplished writer. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash fangirlhasnoname, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also check out the podcast where me, Kyo, and Timber, and Fangirl t- talk about the the lovely gaming industry and what's pretty much on our minds at Podasaurus. This week's episode, we talked about Harry Potter, 
It's Cyberpunk 2077 and how it's just an amazing game. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I finally finished that, so I'll probably hear my updated take about that game fairly soon. And the Uncharted movie. But you can l- listen to that by looking up Curry Hunter, same as his podcast handle on all. Uh, same as his Twitch handle on all podcast streaming services. You can follow me on Twitter at OTYKN1 where I talk about Bang Dream, Ainaiba, Roboco, Herobo, and all the lovely things there. Where can we find you, Luna? You can find me on several of the social media platforms such as Twitter, My Anime List, Anime Planet, Kitsu, and Letterboxd as Luna Maria87. And you can find me on Instagram as Nerdy Collector Luna, where I talk about what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, and my cute, very, very, very mischievous cats. And where can we find you, Ken? I just said that, but you can find Gray at Ongaku Gray on Twitter as well. <laughs> but yeah. I want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Ongakudu. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much and have a great day. Aloha. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And we thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week. Jamatane.